0: Yo, yo, yo guys, what is up and welcome back to another episode of the Game Seeds Clay Podcast. It's your boy Gotham, my boys Matt and Chuck. Gentlemen, welcome back. Um, The season is officially underway. NBA season right around the corner, media day, uh, Warriors media day um, happened on Monday of this week, if I'm not mistaken. and, uh, you know, the Warriors having, uh, the season back, man. We're back. Matt, Chuck, we're, uh, we're back on our regular scheduled pro- program. Uh, we got, we got the, uh, the, this the redemption season, um, the way, the way I think we're looking at a lot of people, uh, before we, um, you know, get back to the mountaintop, get, get the tail end of this era, but before we get into it as always, how we doing gentlemen? How are we doing?
1: We're doing wonderful. Got the, uh. Got the cocktail in hand, got the work day over with. I'm ready to talk some dubs, ready to talk some Niners. That's what it's all about. Yes, That's what sir. it's all about. That's you, Matt.
2: You know, I was feeling really good. And for literally no fucking reason. I am I'm scared now this season. So <laughs> uh you know, life's good. <laughs> things are good, but all of a sudden man, I don't know what happened. Getting going into the pod today, I was like, I'm feeling I'm feeling too good. I mean, my hopes are not even high. They're just like, I just have hopes. And that on its own has led me to feel overly optimistic. So now I'm nervous. Um, I'm ready to be disappointed. So
0: just so everybody, uh, just to give everybody a little refresher, uh, going into game six, Matt actually kind of wanted the Warriors to lose so that he would have uh, no more sleepless nights, which was kind of fair looking back on it. The the. The kind of trials and tribulations of that 2022 23 squad. Um, we'll love them, uh, um, but not for the right reasons. Um, a lot of fun stuff that happened that year. Not, I'm um, gonna,
2: I'm gonna pause you real quick. I do not love, there is not a single part of last season that I thoroughly enjoyed. Not nothing. I
0: think Kavan Looney's buzzer beater that was awesome. Uh, like okay. well, there, there, there are, there room. are slivers, um, there's
2: needles in the
1: say stack. That's game but, seven. Like, we had some, we had some fun. I will, I will, I will build on that and say pretty much all of the top. Five at least moments of the season for me involved Kevon Looney. So yeah, very fair. That, that very says happy. that says a lot about Kevon Looney and also a lot about the season all at one time.
0: Very very happy. <laughs> but hey, it's uh, it's always time to turn a page, and that that's what the Warriors did on Monday. Um, you know the uh media that kicked off. Man, it was just great to see everybody. Steph, I don't know what the hell this dude's skincare routine is, bro, but that that thing was glowing. Um, uh, and you know just as a just as an observation. Um, Clay, Dre, um, Wiggins, uh, Chris Paul, um, Usman Garuba, the do- the boy, yeah, Gary Payton, Steve Kerr, whole crew, uh, back at it on Media Day, man. Um, give me, give me, you guys, thoughts and takeaways, bro. It was fun. It was kind of the first, um, full glimpse we got of the squad. Um, obviously, after last season, and everything, and it, it just feels like, you know, this season, Matt, you kind of hinted at it earlier, but, um, you know if cautiously optimistic um it feels like you know everything the way this offseason went um with the additions with Chris Paul, Saric, the draft picks and and uh pods and and kind of signing some of these guys um like Rudy Gay um so it feels like the team is is better constructed going into the season um and media day kind of felt like that um just kind of the first uh the first season kickoff so Matt take it away man Well, give me your thoughts and, and kind of going into media day and and how uh, how you kind of felt uh at the end of it
2: yeah, so early on, I think it was Sunday or Monday, I forget which, but a Twitter or X account, Playoff Dre, tweeted and deleted that Draymond was hurt. Um, twisted his ankle out four to six weeks, deleted the tweet. Everyone was kind of going nuts for a while. Uh, Media day more or less confirmed that was essentially accurate. Um, so kind of a weird way to start things off, but I actually left Monday, and again, jokes aside, I feel like pretty goddamn good. Like, this team seems like they're all on the same page. Um I think everything you could have wanted to hear from every single warrior that you wanted to hear from was, it came out the exact way you wanted it. Chris Paul saying all the right stuff. The guy sounds like he's open to whatever, genuinely. Um, he referenced his time on the 2008 Olympic team, I think, coming off the bench as a, as a thing that he was, um, that he referenced as um, kind of preparing him for a potential bench role, which again, him just being open to the idea at this point before training camp season started is huge. Um, Draymond, like I said, three to six weeks out, Warriors, um, We'll adjust accordingly. I'm curious as to what you guys think. Um, if he's out the first week or so of the actual season, what you think the Warriors should do, but it looks like they're gonna start Chris Paul for Draymond, more or less, um, and go really small. Um, but no, overall, I was just everybody seems like they're in a good headspace. The Chris Paul edition seems like everybody's really into it. It sounds like the team is just laser focused. And I think um Draymond brought it up and it was pretty it was pretty spot on comparing last season to the 2020, 2021 season in that. The season afterwards, all these guys were pissed and locked in, right? Draymond was locked in. Steph was locked in. Um, Draymond talked about on media day just how um, that a season like that really motivates you, and we've actually seen that with these guys. They all want to win real bad. Um, So, no, I mean, overall, jokes aside, this team sounds locked in. Kuminga sounds like he's gotten a lot of work in. I kind of noted this during the summer, but Clay just looks good. He sounds good. Um, I'm expecting a huge Klay Thompson season. Wiggins just expressing – high goals for himself for me is just like yeah Wiggins you shoot for the stars man the fact that he wants something big is huge uh I just the season just I'm ready for it this guy this team's got they've got weapons they've got guys um I want to see what you guys think about the Rudy Gay stuff too but overall no I came away from media Day. just thinking this team is at the very least their oldest ship that they're locked in so no I'm with you there I think they
1: look very locked in um (laughs) <laughs> One thing that I saw was funny, and it doesn't really have to do with Media Day, well, sort of. But uh, our guys over at the uh, Warriors' music account tweeted out: uh, the last ten seasons of Clay Thompson, uh, when he when he smiles in his profile picture for the season, they make the finals, and when he frowns, they do not make the finals. Uh, and he smiled, fellas. So book those tickets now. Uh, we have. We have a finals appearance locked in. Um, I thought that was wild. Um yeah, a lot of good stuff. I think the big tidbits that stood out to me the most, uh, besides, you know, just the general positivity, optimism, and just the hunger around this team, uh, kind of playing into that, Chris Paul just said, I'm here to win. Like, if I got to come off the bench to win, if I got to start to win, if I got to play, you know, if he's got to play 20 minutes, if he's got to play 40, he wants to win. So I think he is kind of picking up on the mentality of this group. Like, we only have so many years left. We got to do it now. We got to make all the sacrifices necessary to get there. Um, So that is awesome. I really love hearing that out of him because I think there were some worries that, you know, maybe the never having come off the bench thing would be kind of a sticking point. Um, And obviously the Draymond News kind of throws that into the mix, but we'll get into that later. Um, another one I really love seeing Uh, Steve Kerr said the most obvious thing ever that I can't believe people didn't think was obvious was yes we're going to run more pick and roll because we have Chris Paul which I said from day one would be the case because you now have one of the best pick and roll players of all time Um, and yeah they're going to integrate him into some sets they're going to get him going on the motion stuff some Pistol type actions, 21s, maybe some double drags and the whole split cuts, that fun stuff. But there's nothing like a good one five pick and roll with Chris Paul when you got a few shooters on the wings some guys who can cut explosively like Jonathan Kaminga and Gary Payton. Um, So, yeah, I I couldn't believe that that was even in doubt that people thought. They Would pick up Chris Paul and just say, Yeah, we're just gonna run you off handoffs, we're not gonna uh, let you run more pick and roll. Like, the
2: funny, the funniest thing was too, like, it wasn't there was no reaction to that. All the reaction was to, Well, why not do that more step? Like, just, just, yeah, stop. Exactly, just stop for a second, it's okay, just it's okay, yeah, just take it down. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the the outrage roll just for a second that's something (laughs) that's
0: never going to happen with uh with warriors twitter or any any kind of fan base twitter at this point i've lost all hope of of normalcy but um now you guys summed it up well man i I don't know if i can do much better but um that this squad looks like they're ready to go win a championship um and i matt i'm I'm happy you brought up like 2021 and then moving over to 22. And it, it feels like that, you know, where, you know, obviously getting bounced from the playing and second round um, in, in last year. So um, you're motivated. These guys, I remember in going into 22, it felt like, you know, if they can get off to a good start, you know, Clay's coming back. Um, Jordan Poole obviously took the, uh, made the leap. So now you've kind of pivot coming off a second round exit, you know, Steph, Clay, Draymond, all looking healthy, all looking good. Wiggins, um, GP, uh, who I feel like people have, Kind of underrated how much they missed last season. Gary Payton obviously acquired back, you know, towards the end of the season, and then Wiggins was just in and out of the lineup, obviously with the uh, the family issue, but also the sickness. He had an adductor strain for a while, so he missed a lot of time last year. So you're really getting a, a fully healthy, uh, fully stacked, and like locked in team um, that. You know, not to say that they weren't last year, but obviously there was stuff that, you know, came up uh, off the court and, um, you know, th- that story wrote itself. But um, it feels like everybody's kind of got a renewed sense of uh, sense of urgency. Like you said, Chuck, like they've got, you know, Draymond's locked in for four years, Clay's up for an extension, probably around three, four years. Steph's got another whatever, three years. So um, they know they know this is the final iteration kind of of the dynasty that they that they have. that They once were. Um, and, you know, and if they can get back to the mountaintop for number five, I, I think Steph kind of said it, man. He said um, it's all uh, it, it means everything to go back and get number five. So um, they're locked, man. Um, yeah, I did say if you're right, um, when, when, uh, when they go back and get number five. Um, so, but yeah, man, that's that's kind of what my takeaway was. And it felt like they got the squad to do it um, this. Uh, this season, so. The optimism from The Optimist is is, uh, is off the charts right now. Off the charts. But
2: also, I love that. And I love that you brought up just the vibes again. And here's my impression. I think Steve Kerr is in like preemptive heaven right now. And I think last year he was in like the darkest bits of hell for most of the season. Like I think a lot he of- must have hated that season. I can't think of a player the way Jordan, again, I'm not trying to rip on Jordan Poole, but the way Jordan Poole played last year was the most, stylistically speaking, the most antithetical style of play to what Steve Kerr likes to do so that must have driven him nuts and I think just having and he's been he's been raving about Chris Paul for most of the summer um do you think this was like most does the Chris Paul move as much a Steve Kerr decision as anything else you guys think
0: totally totally I mean I think that you you heard it at the end of end of game six uh last year where they said this team wasn't built to win a championship and um you know the obviously is super right but I think stylistically, you even, you heard it from guys like Steph and, and Kerr after the series, where you know they felt like you know that we didn't really have any other way to score except you know it was either settle for long threes and um you know Poole couldn't get it going on the second on in the second unit and Chuck, I'm happy you brought up the pick and rolls and that whole um you know discussion that's going on um on Twitter or whatever it was a surprise, um but having a guy like Chris Paul who can slow down the game um especially in the second unit and I said this when they signed him or when they traded for him. Um, that it kind of reminds me of like that Sean Livingston run second unit where it was really about yo Steph and the starters they're going to grow the lead you have a you know get off to a good start whatever it is and then Livingston Barbosa like most baits would come in off the bench and you know they would play a slower game you know Sean Livingston with the, uh, the post-ups from the from the mid-range um kind of getting guys involved and you now you have a kind of an even better version of that with with Chris Paul with guys like JK, GP, Moody, um, Dario so like they've got a lot of guys who fit into the system and i think chris paul who everybody's been raving about him but it's true man like you know bias aside like chris paul dude if he he knows how to he knows how to score points um he's, he's still one of the most premier offensive facilitators that mid-range jumper is still absolutely money so i mean i think that it's going to make the Warriors even more dangerous. Now they're more multi-dimensional. Obviously, you've got Steph and the motion and that whole like Warrior system, but now to be able to you know really be able to score in the half court, um, if you know especially in the playoffs, um, we've seen you know where the Warriors can kind of go on those lows, especially last season. So, um, I'm excited for it, man. I'm I'm fully into the Chris Paul deal. I think, I, not just Kerr. I think everybody. I think the bets were were obviously behind. Like, okay with it as well to kind of move off of a pool and kind of make this like one year ish investment in the CP. So um, I think they're all locked and loaded, man. It's, it's going to be fun to watch. And uh, I guess we could see it Saturday night. So uh, at least the beginning of it, so it'll be fun, man. I'm I'm excited for it.
2: I love that you brought up just the bench play for a second, just because everyone says this, but it's it's absolutely true. Like Chris Paul creates good shots. Like he just, he just does. Like he's going to make sure a team gets a decent shot off. Um, That's always been his thing, no matter what kind of offense he's in. Um, I'm all the more excited for that in an offense like Steve Kerr's where it's just constant movement all around. Because between the movement and Chris Paul's just again, I don't want to use the word dedication to getting a good shot at the end of a shot clock. I think this team's gonna get a lot of easy looks that they just haven't gotten in the past because of that movement, because of Chris Paul. I'm 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 not gonna lie, I'm all in on this. I think I've said it a few times, but I'm just I'm really ready for the season to to get going and see what Chris Paul can do with this team. Cause again, baseline when you're that good and that smart, you're just not. I'm not worried about his age at all. I worry about his health a little bit, getting hurt, sure. But as far as his effectiveness when he plays, I'm not concerned in the slightest.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, so let's let's uh, let's go a little further on that. So we know that Saturday, we got uh, Chris Paul going to be in the starting lineup. Uh, they're going full small, uh, wigs going at the four. And how do how do we feel about the starting unit? Um, how do we how do we feel about that crew without Draymond? In?
0: I Matt, I'll let you go first. I just want to say it's hilarious um how people are calling Steve Kerr an idiot. Um, the guy doesn't know what he's doing, um, just all sorts of stuff on the uh the first preseason game when Draymond Green is already out. Um I just I just think that's the state of a lot of the uh the Twitterverse or the Xverse, however you want to call it, right now, and it's hilarious to me. Uh, but Matt,
2: I want I, I want to hear your thoughts, like Well, dude, I, you're not wrong, man. I mean, we've got we've got Twitter personalities saying things word for word along the lines Same. of "I could coach this team better" or "I could I could I could manage a better roster." But anyway, so uh, I again, as far as preseason goes, I don't really give a shit. I think you got to try things out. This is the time to try it out. Um, and it's one of those things. If this was the first game of the regular season, I would not be thrilled. Um, but hey give it a go if it looks freaking fantastic you know you see what happens um, there's always been we've had a lot of talk about you know who might come off the bench whether it's Chris Paul it's actually it's been Chris Paul pretty much is all we talked about but there's a realistic world where it's not one of those two guys um, Steve Kerr has talked about this summer how he doesn't view Looney as like the uh, tic-tac-toe piece anymore that he can just take in and out he wants to like he, he thinks earn, Looney's earned the respect to not be that guy any longer and I totally agree so maybe there's a world where Draymond where the Warriors take off. Draymond misses a week The Warriors start out four and zero, and this lineup looks fantastic. Um, and Draymond, the guy that comes on the bench, right. Um, I'm not totally closed off to the idea. Like I said, if it's game one of the regular season, this is not a move I would want to seen. Uh, personally, I, I don't, Chuck, you kind of mentioned this in our thread the other day, in our group chat, but, um, I would like the idea of keeping Chris Paul and Kaminga kind of tied together at all times and not really disrupting that that's a move they want. And I, uh, Would have loved to have seen Moody start. Um, I don't think he'll play enough minutes to really disrupt the rotation anyway. I think he could probably, if he's playing 25 minutes as opposed to 17, it's not going to throw anything off. Um, He can scale up or down a little bit. He can defend both directions as well. So having him out there, again, gives you a lengthy defender next to Clay, next to Wiggins. Um, If we're talking about Clay playing the four, personally, I don't see why, you know, if we're going that small, there's no reason Moody can't do that either. He's got a longer wingspan anyway. The guy shoots the hell out of the ball, as we saw last year. Um, so Moody's the guy I'd want to see if it's uh, if it's day one. But talking about preseason, I'm not I'm not freaking out about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much in the same boat.
1: Like so, and I was going into it today, um, possible article loading, uh, depending on how much tape I get through tomorrow. But I'm intrigued with this idea of Clay guarding fours because he's very, very stout in the post. So if you have a guy who is bigger, more physical, like there are some possessions I was watching on tape where he was holding his own against Aaron Gordon. He was holding his own against Julius Randle. Not your premier kind of offensive player, but he got Obi Toppin in the post who tried to just run through his chest and Clay just stripped the ball so easily. Um, So that's the things for me is like the strength, the knowing what to do and the hands make him a really tough guy to mismatch. And most fours you see now are just, they're spacing in the corners. They're taking a lot of threes. Uh, They're probably going to try to be cutting and getting on the glass a bit. And, you know, granted that's kind of Clay's weakness. If he's having to box out Baker guys, it's probably not going to go that well. But I'm, I'm in on this idea because he didn't look great at the point of attack last year. Uh, he's still a bit – he's, you know, kind of a step slow out there. He lost that sort of, uh, you know, quick airy, uh, explosion that he had before the injuries, and understandably so. And, you know, because he's guarding fours, that doesn't change his offensive role. Like, that is such a Warriors thing to have them – uh have a guy ostensibly playing the team, just like flying off of handoffs and then you just stick him in the corner defensively and just make him like a help rotation guy who's contesting a whole lot of threes and you know they're going to switch pretty much everything at least 1 through 4 as we know so he's still going to get opportunities to be out on the perimeter they're going to rotate guys around he's used to this um Really, the only thing that changes is now instead of starting on like a team's second option on the perimeter, he's starting on like their fourth. So, yeah, I'm 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 really
2: in on this idea. I uh, I think it's really important that you brought up just the point of attack defense from Clay because again, people do this. We we had the Warriors Twitter freak out. Clay Clay's guarding fours. Holy shit! Uh, fire Steve Kerr and then you know cut off one of his limbs because he's a fucking asshole. Okay, no. So, like you said, the guy is not the same at the point of attack as he used to be, and he's playing in this lineup we're talking about with Chris Paul, Steph, Wiggins, and uh, Clay and Looney. Wiggins is just leaps and bounds the best point of attack in that group. You're not going to have him on a four in this case. You're going to want him on whoever that guard or wing is on a different team. Clay is not that guy, and they're not going to have Steph or Chris Paul guarding him up. So, here we are. This is where you wind up. When you're small, they are small. We've seen Clay do this, like you said. The guy also props to Clay Thompson for being a fucking warrior in the paint. He just battles. He battles his ass off. He's always going to. So, hey, that's where we're at. But I think it's a great point, Chuck. Gotham, what do you think?
0: Yeah, no, 1,000%. And I think, I mean, from a preseason, like, lineup standpoint, totally agree with you. I don't give a shit about preseason. Um, you know, they they have, they have, like, three practices under their belt, something like that. Um, so it's the time to try it out. And I I do like Chuck he's kind of going off that clay at the fourth thing. And I think that you know, it's not necessarily even for like Chris Paul's, like this lineup that we're talking about right now. Like if you throw out like a GP, a Steph, um, you know, wigs a clay guard in the four there. Um, but you there like it's not necessarily just with that small lineup where um clay can, you know, make an impact. Um and I totally agree. Like he's definitely lost a step. Um, and we saw it, like, you know not to say he was getting, I mean, he was kind of getting cooked by guys like Devin Booker, Paul George, like guys who, you know, are bucket getters that Clay would normally um, pre ACL or pre pre Achilles would, you know, kind of man up with and, and go from there. But I think that, like you said, man, Clay's, Clay's such a good defender and, and a good team defender that, um, you know, him at the four with Looney kind of manning the paint and, you uh, Look, I think it's just going to be an interesting look. And like you said, um, he's not going to have to not exert as much energy, but he's not chasing around the the premier one, two options um, like he was in the past. So um, we saw Clay's legs kind of give out um, towards the end of that Lakers series um, last year. So um, who knows, you know, so even from a defensive standpoint, you're kind of reducing that impact on a, on a 30, whatever, 33 year old clay, who's who's been through kind of the rigor with the injuries, but he looks good. He looks in shape. Um, I think that's kind of the biggest thing. And, um, everybody, and I, I don't think you know Draymond looked good. Um, you know, Kaminga definitely the, like some of the uh some of the clips we were seeing. So, um, I'd honestly be excited to see a guy like Dario kind of step in if Draymond does uh miss that um first where first week or however long the ankle injury takes. Um, a guy who I, I think Steph was talking about him just be having, having the that, the IQ to kind of play basketball the right way. And he's a guy he's big, he can shoot. Um, so I think that kind of with that Steph Clay Wiggins, um, kind of starting lineup with Mooney. Um you know have we haven't really seen the Warriors have the size impact or the size advantage um that often um in many matchups or whatever. So to have a guy like Dario out there who is a big body, um, but can shoot, um, can really run the offense as well and I think can play well off Stephen Clay, um, would be somebody that I'd be I, I think even as a vet that doesn't really mess with um, you know, the bench. And I think I forget which one you guys brought it up in the, uh, in the group chat, but, um, kind of not tinkering too much with the, the bench rotations, which obviously takes a lot more to, to figure out and kind of settle into. So, um, I think the, er- the, the, the earlier that we can get people kind of bought into these roles, especially with Draymond out, um, I think the better. So a guy like Dario, who I think you can kind of fit anywhere, uh, into the rotation. Um, I, I really see him, see him and Rudy kind of having like an auto porter type impact, um, where, you know, I uh, hit a few shots, get some rebounds, um, decent defender play just play smart um so that'd be that'd be kind of the lineup i'd want to see but yeah man everything all the stuff that we were hearing from me today even even the Draymond injury like i'm not too worried about it um sounds like it's it's just kind of one of those sprains that you know just kind of happens when you're playing pickup um didn't sound as severe as maybe that was once thought um and again it kind of gives the Warriors to have a chance to to get a different look at you know some of these issues or like not issues but um these topics, you know, the whole starting, the six got starters or whatever it is, what kind of lineups start to work. And um yeah, I got I got full faith in Draymond that whenever he's back, he's gonna be ready to go. So um it really is kind of a blessing in disguise to kind of let him ease into training camp. Can't punch anybody, hopefully. So uh, you know he had a good, time, <laughs> have a good time get rest up um you know lift whatever it is like that he's getting into his office or training camp regimen yeah, yeah if
1: you're uh if you're loading up that right hook you really need the uh you really need the right foot so yeah, wouldn't have a whole you so, of, wouldn't have a whole lot of yeah, lift going you know, into that if you're trying to
0: um, body we'll see but um yeah man that's that's i think you know it's a, it's a fun stop man we're back and that's that's really what the whole takeaway was from all these these headlines and whatever it was for me
1: today
2: you guys feel like Rudy Gay has that 14 spot on lock?
1: I hope so. I really hope so. I think so. And I've also been I've also been marinating on uh is this too spicy? Should I leave it in the group chat? But so I am on the idea of like I do not want this bench unit disrupted. And I'm also pretty convinced that the four-man unit of Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Looney can carry just about whoever they put into that fifth spot. So, my thought is, if you're going to roll with the early season lineup and you really don't want to disrupt what you're doing, um, granted, my preferential option would be Moody and then do the Clay at the four thing. Matt, I really like that you brought that up because – He slides in as an extra wing shooter. He can pick up some tough assignments. You know he's going to hustle. You know he's going to get boards, which they really need. Um, But, hell, if if Rudy Gay is on the roster and he's the 14th man, like, plug him into the starting lineup from regular season day one, play him, like, 15 minutes tops, and just have him there as a placeholder so you could – get into your normal rotations you can start blending things together you go a little smaller as the game progresses and then you figure out how you want to close based on how the game progresses like do you want to throw Chris Paul and Stefan together and do the small lineup that we're seeing starting the preseason Do you want to throw Kaminga out there because you need a little bit more size do you want to throw Moody out there again for size shooting and you know just a guy who's going to work really hard defensively, have his arms everywhere in the passing lanes. So like you have options to go to. And my issue with, you know, and Gotham, I'm with you too. Like Sarge would be great if you plug him into the starting lineup, but they're pretty clearly counting on him to be the five right now. So if you put him in the starting lineup, then means Trace Jackson Davis minutes. And we don't really know if Trace Jackson Davis is like rotation ready or a guy that they're counting on for the rotation. So that's my kind of general thinking is if you just plug in someone who is not going to be interrupting what you want to do with the bench, what you want to do with your normal rotations, like a Rudy Gay, then I think you can really solve a lot of these problems. And then one more thing I want to build on too with Matt, what you said, like if you roll out this smaller starting unit or whatever starting unit you decide to go with in the regular season, and they're cooking, and you just don't want to mess with it, I think what they can also do is, you know, like, ankle injury, Draymond's probably going to be on a pitch count uh, when he comes back. Like, I doubt they're just going to be like, here you go. You're back. Uh, 35 minutes tonight. Good luck. Um, So that's the way I think you can kind of slow play it is bring him off the bench, work him back in, get him limited minutes, um, you know, 20, 25 at the start, And then if they're really, really cooking and that starting lineup is still working, then you just start to ramp up the Draymond minutes. You keep him off the bench. You see how things are going. And I think you just ride that thing until the wheels fall off. Because if it's working, it's working. And Draymond's a pro.
2: He's going to do what he has to do. I think that's a great point. I think I was shocked. That's a a clip right there. That's a bar. Um, Get that in there, Gotham. That's that's what we need. Um, But no, I think... Clip that, clip that, clip that. Draymond actually, <laughs> jokes aside, like is a guy who I could see being willing to come off the bench. That's how it comes, that's how it goes down. I don't I, mean, I still don't know about Clay. He's the only question mark I have. Yeah, um, I about <laughs> somebody who'd be open to it. But uh I think Draymond would be. So that's why I'm just not crazy concerned about it. If it's not working, I know again, we have a many, many, many game sample size at this point, knowing there's their usual starters work. If something else is great, they start up whatever no. Okay. Hey, let it rock. See what happens, um, my guys. I gotta sign off. You guys keep the keep the shit going. All right.
0: Hell oh, yeah, Matt. Hell of a hell of an episode from you. Uh, we'll get this up uh asap. But um, Chuck, before we get we hit at the Warriors, uh we had some good some good stuff. Um, but there's also another big one. Um, outside of outside of the NBA world, and uh, it's Cowboys week, baby. It's Cowboys week. We got the Dallas Cowboys coming into town uh to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Four-0, San Francisco 49ers against 3-1 Dallas Cowboys. Um how we feeling, man? Um talk me through it, man. The Niners obviously coming off a uh, a very nice win against the Cardinals. Um actually even just looking back at the uh the tape and everything like a very very impressive win. Um Brock Purdy 20 for 21 28 three yards a touchdown a rush touchdown. Christian McCaffrey saving fantasy teams all over the world um with a damn near 50 piece. <laughs> Uh, four touchdowns could have had five if uh, if Kyle Shanahan kind of knew the uh knew the stats, but he was locked in on on just getting the dub. But um, Cowboys coming to town, man. Um, uh, and this is really the first test for this uh, for this Niners team. Um, obviously we've seen we've seen them through the first four games. Um, we've seen them you know kind of all offseason. season. They, this is this has been the season where they feel like they can go and and uh and go get to the top finally. Um, you know had a few cracks at it, but. Um, Dallas is their first real test. Um, There's a team that they've sent home the last two years, um, both in the playoffs, one in Dallas, one in Levi's. Um, obviously a home game coming up this Sunday night. But um, talk me through your thoughts, Chuckster. Uh, what are you expecting to see? Um, what kind of has to happen in your eyes? And, and kind of just give me your whole your, your breakdown of, of uh, this Sunday night classic man. we're going to get a good one on primetime.
1: Yeah, so this is how I was looking at it. Throughout, you know, I'm just looking at the Cowboys up and down, and obviously they have a great defense. Um, Diggs being out is tough for them. Uh, You know, and Deron Bland's been doing some good things, but that really weakens them. And when I'm looking at these teams up and down, you know, throw out the records, throw out the performance they've had this season, um, throw out the fact that the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals, which – is hilarious, but, you know, the Cowboys... I mean, the Cardinals have been, like, shocking. Yeah, they been man. good, man.
0: They're good football.
1: Josh Dobbs looks like a quarterback to stay in this league, which is crazy, but... um, look, You look at these teams up and down. What position group are the Cowboys better at than the Niners right now? Like... I don't think they have the edge on the offensive line anymore, just because they're so beat down with injuries and they finally have holes showing. Um, it's close granted, but you know, when you have Brent Williams playing as well as he is, you have the interior of the offensive line with Burford, Aaron Banks, playing really well, creating so many holes for McCaffrey. I think that gets a little tough. Um, secondary, even without digs, I mean, I. Probably is, really? give it to the Cowboys because the Niners just don't have a great secondary, but still, been like. A problem forever. But. Yeah, it's been, that's kind of the norm. You know, like every team's kind of got to pick a spot where they're going to be yeah. weak. And the Niners have decided uh, look, our corners can keep a guy covered for three seconds because that's how long our defensive line is going to take to get to you. Uh, I really think that the Niners are better at every other spot. Like they have probably the top linebacking core in the league. They have an unbelievable defensive line with the way Javon Hargrave is playing, number one in pressures among all defensive tackles. Nick Bosa, we know what he's about, had a bit of a slow start to the year, but he looked like he was right back on track Sunday. Javon Kinlaw is looking as healthy as ever. He's an absolute beast. And my guy, Drake Jackson, uh, looking Same. looking like if he's your fourth pass rusher on the defensive line mm-hmm. and run stopper like yeah you're doing really well um and then man like this it's just crazy watching this offense go to work like it, they're averaging well over 30 points per game with Brock Purdy as a starter going back to last season and it makes sense because he looks surgical Christian McCaffrey is running through every hole he can find And he's creating holes that aren't there. He's breaking tackles. He's hurtling over guys, making it look so easy. And then you have this ridiculous wide receiver breakout from Brandon Ayuk that has been, like, so prolific that George Kittle is clearly the third option now, (laughs) Which which is something I didn't ever think I was going to say because he's one of the best receiving tight ends in the league. And they just haven't needed to use him that much.
0: And Debo's like, dude, you're really your fourth. Like, you got George Kittle and Debo kind of fighting for that three and four. It's like McCaffrey and Ayuk are your, are your two guys right now. Yeah, those
1: are your go-tos. And then you got, like, Jawan Jennings, who I always loved. He's We're winning out of the on. slot. He breaks tackles. He's a huge body. Uh, he always brings them down. Like, they have such an unbelievably talented offense. And – That's kind of what it comes down to for me is I just can't believe, like these are obviously both two great defensive teams, but I see one team that is pretty much incapable of being slowed down offensively right now. And I see another team that's very capable of being slowed down defensively. Um, What do you, what do you think?
0: Yeah, man. I mean, that was a a fantastic breakdown. Um, Just kind of going on, like just going into the Cowboys week, um, I think we've heard a lot of talk from Cowboys fans and Cowboys uh, owner Jerry Jones came out and said, you know, you kind of have to go through San Francisco to get to the Super Bowl. We've had, we've known that. Um, I think sending them home the last two years, obviously just the the mental aspect of it. And I think a lot of these big games, it really comes down to, and we felt that we've seen this with, you know, us playing the Seahawks. I can remember kind of having that mental block of going against like, yo, damn, like they've beaten us a good amount of times. Like we, we got to get over the hump. And I think for the Niners, that's a massive, um, that's a massive advantage uh, because um, the the Niners are focused on or the Cowboys are focused on beating the Niners and the Niners are focused on winning a Super Bowl. And I think that's really where you get the difference in in these two these two teams coming into this matchup. Um, you know, obviously the Cowboys are just getting sent home um, the last two years by the Niners um you've heard the DAC was you know pissed off in, in the in their post game last week um just somebody brought up like losing the Niners um so I think the Niners kind of have a mental edge already just going into it um and the fact that they weren't able to get over the hump and it feels like you know this team is is coming in with more of a purpose than ever before um like you said man the offense is a juggernaut the defense is obviously still as stout as it was um with still like ways that they can get better in terms of um allowing just yards. Um I think that the quick game's kind of gotten to him. And that's really where I think Dallas is going to have to exploit the exploit the Niners is we kind of saw the Rams do that with Stafford. We kind of saw Daniel Jones do that um last week with or two weeks ago with the Giants. Um kind of just really quick routes. Don't let the D line uh get to the quarterback and and really kind of just those five to seven yard pickups and kind of just chomp down the field. Um the Niners are on a collision course, man. They, they're they trying to go to the winning Super Bowl, and I think that I, I haven't seen a more just like – like kind of similar to the Warriors in terms of where they're coming into with a mentality standpoint of, you know, this is the year to do it, and you kind of feel that. Every time you hear these Niners talk, man, it's not – a it's, I don't think the regular season um, – there's nothing that they're overthinking about this. Um, I think Nick boson said it uh, today. He was like, you know, it, it's a big game, but for us it's just another regular season game. And I think they know that it's just game five. Um, it's a game that – um, I think it has a lot of implications. I think if the Niners can can win this ballgame, um, I think, A, you kind of knock out any chance of uh, you having to go to Dallas um, and play a playoff game, uh, regardless of how the season shakes out, um, whether the Niners are one seed, two seed, whatever it is, like three seed, whatever it shakes out. If you're able to beat Dallas, go to 5-0, and they're at 3-2, more likely than not, uh, if you see them again in the playoffs, they'll probably come to Levi's. And uh, B, I think that, man, this is this is the first test that they have. Um, you know, you can argue all you want about, you know, the competition, but um, they play kind of similar teams. Obviously, the Niners beating the Cardinals, uh, the Cowboys didn't. But um, this is the first real test. And I think uh, I think it's time to put some respect on Brock Purdy's name. man. I think uh, Purdy is going to be the X factor in this game. Uh, we kind of saw it last year. Um, in, with Dallas, um, again, the in playoffs, um, it really came down to which quarterback protected the ball. Um, Dak turned it over twice. Purdy didn't. Um, were, Niners were able to capitalize and ended up winning nineteen to twelve. Um, I don't think it's going to be that kind of a game this time. I think that this offense and I think Purdy specifically has improved significantly since uh, his last time facing these guys. Um, in last year's playoffs. Um, man, Brock on twenty for twenty one and just the uh it was really the process and I didn't really see you can't really see this when you watch the game live but I, I'm sure you're watching like the film breakdowns and stuff Chuck but I really want people to like go back and like watch some of these film breakdowns of of Brock playing the quarterback position in this offense and he' taken this to it being a juggernaut like we've had success um with Jimmy Garoppolo obviously. Um, having one of the highest winning percentage in Niners history or something like that. Something crazy. Um, Brock is, is surgical. Um, he He's making every single read that you want him to do. It seems like he and Kyle are on the same page um, and it's really opening everything up. Like you said, Brandon, I, you breakout season. Um, Debo had a big game this year. Kittle has already had a big game and, and really hasn't felt like it. And obviously CMC is looking like um, he looks like he's, she should be the first MVP, a non QB MVP um, since 2012. So um, I like you said, man. I think the Niners kind of outmatch them um, from from majority standpoint. I think it comes down to how can how can Brock exploit that Cowboys defense because I think the Niners are going to have a pretty pretty okay time handling the Cowboys offense. Um, obviously, they put up some big scores, but Dak and the offense has scored four touchdowns um, this year um, through four games. Um, they've struggled a lot in the red zone. Um, Dak, I, I, you know, he's he's been focusing more on the quick game with Mike McCarthy as as the play caller, but. Um, you know he's prone to turnovers. I think the Niners are going to be able to force some. So it really comes down to can Brock take care of the ball like he has? Um, find those pockets in the defense and really wear this defense down because um, it feels like the last the two matchups have been kind of grinded out games. Um, and these were with one was Jimmy Garoppolo and one was Brock Purdy. Um, and so I think this is a, we're getting the best version of Brock that we've seen so far. He's he's humming. The offense is humming. And I think that you know they they know they just have the mental edge. And I, I really think that's gonna play a big factor in the in the how Sunday night plays out.
1: Yeah, I'm with you too on the mental edge. Like I think it's such a stark comparison where you know the Cowboys are talking this up. It's like a big test and all of these things. And then, like you said, both just being like it's another game. Like game five. Every every football team is good. We're gonna play to the best of our abilities. And that's probably gonna go well for us because we're incredibly talented. Um, and man, like one more thing that I just gotta give a shout out to. Like, CMC has been so ridiculous so this, far. Dude, dude is he He's this, right now, he's sitting on an average of 115 yards per game. My fans rushing. The- rushing. That's just the rushing. And then he's also catching 35 yards per game which is kind of a testament to, like, how the game flow has gone because 35 yards per game through the air, that would be the worst season of his career by far. (laughs) Um, But, you know, when you're rushing for 115 yards a game, that's okay. And he's, like, getting the rock into the end zone. He's got seven total touchdowns now through four games. I mean, he just looks so dynamic. He's barely – barely coming off the field, which is also the crazy thing. And, like, he's always been a guy where, you know, they've had to manage him. Like, and they've had to, you know, like, especially his Carolina days, he started off three straight years, didn't miss a game. Then the injuries just really hit. He had three-game season. He had a seven-game season. And then he got back to a full 17 last year. So he's looking as healthy as ever. Uh, He's absolutely back into his flow right now. He's ripping off 5.7 yards per carry. Insane, man. And eight yards per catch. Like it's just it's just absurd, man. And if he I mean, look, you, the early season stretch has been like easier and they're gonna play tougher defenses. Like Cowboys tough defense. Week after that, they got the Browns tough defense. Um, so that's gonna be a real test uh for his overall candidacy for MVP. But if they come out of those games with wins, and he's still chugging out like 100 yards from scrimmage, and he's getting into the end zone, I don't see why he's not the favorite. Because like, they really should be. he, yeah, and you know, it, it, I think it really speaks to that. Like you said, last uh, running back MVP, Adrian Peterson, 2012, mm-hmm. special, special year. But McCaffrey is looking like he's in it for a special year. I mean, we're only a quarter of the way through, but... This could be damn near 2,000 yards from scrimmage. He's looking like he's trying to sniff 20 touchdowns total on the season, and this team looks unbelievable. And you know, you talk about that AP year; like AP was the thing that made them go. But that was a 10 and 6 football team. Yeah, like they needed every single bit of that. And like it, you know, it's tough to tough to win the MVP when your team wins 10 games. If your team wins, like. 13 14 games which is what the Niners look like they're capable of doing and you are the centerpiece of that offense having an unbelievable season then
0: i don't see why you can't win
1: it man like he, so. he looks like one he looks like the best player on this team
0: I hope so. And, and like you said, man, it's, it's such, it's awesome to watch him run every week, man. It's, it's that, that hurdle for the touchdown was insane. Um, mm. And just to have him as your safety valve, I think, you know, that's also a part and obviously like give credit to Brock, but I think that's also a huge reason why he's so successful is, you know, he knows at the very least I got, I got McCaffrey in the backfield and something good is going to get going to happen. But uh, before we get out of here, Chuck um, score prediction, man, uh, what you got, what's uh, what's going to happen Sunday night, uh, as uh as we take on the them boys from Dallas uh on Sunday,
1: I still think the train keeps rolling with Purdy. I just think this offense is looking way too good. Diggs is you know going to be a huge loss for them because you know I think uh I think how good he is in coverage gets kind of overblown. But the guy knows how to make a play on the ball, turn the game around with big interception, take it to the house. Like that's his kind of game. And they don't have that. So I don't know who the swing guy is defensively for them besides Micah Parsons. And, you know, if he's not going against Trent Williams, then they're going to send all the help they can. They're going to have George Kittle on him, who's basically a sixth offensive lineman, and he's unbelievable. Um, I'm going 30-16. to I think the Niners keep the offense rolling. I think the defense is going to really contain the Cowboys, especially on the ground, and just force Dak to make plays. And I think we've seen that that's not real. That's like a 50-50 proposition at best. If Dak's the guy, he's got to save the day. What do you think?
0: I love it, man. I love it. I think I'm with you. I, I'm totally uh, 5-0. I think they're going 5-0. and We're not letting the Cowboys come into our house and beat us. Um, that's, that's just not – that doesn't fly anymore. Um, I think that – it's going to be it's going to be kind of a close game. I think a little lower scoring. I don't I I don't think the Niners are going to cross that 30 point threshold um this time. Um but I do think that they're going to come out with the win. I'm going to go 27-17. Um I think it's going to be a defensive battle um to start um kind of earlier on, maybe first half you got um, feeling each other out, a um, couple field goals, you know, uh, whatever happens. But I think as the game kind of progresses along, Brock gets more comfortable, um, the defense starts to wear down. Um, I think that offense starts to pick it up um, more than Dak and the Cowboys can. So I'll go 27-17. Um, in the end, a kind of a comfortable win, but um, I think the Niners passed their first big test. Um, and keep this, like you said, man, keep the train rolling. Um, they're, they're 4-0. Team's poised for, for a very, very special season. Um, they've got the squad to do it. Um, they've got Kyle Shanahan at the helm. Um, everybody's kind of looking like it's it's all starting to click right now. Um, yeah, man, before we get out of here, Chuckster, any, uh, any last minute shout outs um, for the uh, for, record next?
1: Oh, I mean, I'm hopefully going to have an article coming out in the next couple days. I'm working on some stuff about Clay Thompson and his defense on the fours. Uh, also, got some stuff in the works on Usman Garuba because I'm very interested in him. Uh, I am surely watching entirely too much film for a guy uh, who's going to play 30 games uh, two-way. Um, but you know me. You know how I do. I'm like, all right, we got mm-hmm. a new guy. Let me watch every single professional possession he's had so far. <laughs> As you should. That's, why
0: you're, that's why you're the best, Chucks. That's why you are the best in the business. Um, so, yeah, everybody, check out Chucks. Uh, Chucks Wars coming out. As always, follow us here at GameChiefs Clay. Um, Twitter, YouTube, Spotify. Uh, we're seeing a lot of uptick and engagement. So excited that you guys are kind of starting to starting to join us on this uh, on this fun ride, man. We got we got Warriors basketball around the corner, Niners football in full swing, Giants off season. We'll get into that as that kind of starts to unfold. Um, but till the next time, man. Peace.